Welcome to MCSO Behind the Badge, an inside look at the Monroe County Sheriff's Office in Rochester, New York, under the leadership of Sheriff Todd Baxter. We're going to talk about what drives us, our leadership culture, our police work, and share some stories of the great deputies and civilian staff that work with us. We're going to talk with interesting guests, and we're going to invite you to engage in the conversation or just sit back, relax, and listen in. Now let's get in pursuit of today's show. Well, welcome back, folks. Podcast number 33, uh, Monroe County Sheriff's Office here, sharing a little bit about who we are in our uh, podcast called Behind the Badge. We're talking to the people that uh, make this organization run. We often talk to people that support us from the outside and uh, just trying to share uh, what a sheriff's organization does in Monroe County, an organization of about 1,200 employees. We spend about $156 million a year of taxpayers' money to uh, keep the county as safe and secure as possible. And part of that is the uh, the jail. We run a, a jail where today we have about 750 inmates that are incarcerated with us, multiple different points of view that they might be in there uh, prior to sentencing, uh, sentenced inmates. And then uh, we hold about 100 inmates today that are not our inmates, I always say. They're actually New York State uh, inmates. They're either state ready, waiting to go to a correctional facility, or uh, parole violators. And uh, so it's a very dynamic place. And, and one of the things we're always concerned about is safety and security inside the jail and make sure we don't make a mistake. And one of the ways we can make a mistake is identifying or not identifying an inmate who they appropriately may be. So years ago, they came up with this new technology. And uh, I brought some great deputies along with me today to talk about, you know, the biometric intelligence and identification technologies that are out there. So uh, Sarge, how you doing? First of all, thanks for joining us. Good, sir. Thanks for having me. You know, just uh, for the community that's listening, tell us a little bit about you. You know, behind the badge who are you your full name by the way i always get yelled at because i don't do that so <laughs> my name is uh, sergeant scott bevelacqua my 13th year with the organization um i'm currently assigned to jail administration as a sergeant up there i'm a former reception and classification corporal uh, with the department and um i also at one point uh ran a program for the sheriff's office it was called jail stat, stat and it was just jail statistics that we used to track different data values, um, things like that. And that's maybe why you got sucked into the COVID fight with us, because we're very data-driven in the COVID and jail. And yes, sir. You put together some great spreadsheets. Thank you, sir. <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, corporal and classification, that's probably one of the most difficult jobs in the jail, I think, as I look at that position. And you're responsible for what in that, in that position? Yeah, that's for um, all the classification of everybody deciding uh, whereabouts they're going to end up living in the facility looking at things like if they had a mental health history or uh, some of their, in, when they were incarcerated, their history within the facility, how mm -hmm. they acted, how they behaved, what their charges are, you look at all that, and then we place them in different housing areas within uh, MCJ. Right gotcha. now we have about 25 housing areas that are open with inmates. Um, so they go to those housing areas based on what their classification is. Yeah, and, it, and sometimes I, I was amazed when I became sheriff. You know, it's not always the level of crime, although that's part of your classification. Uh, but you could have someone in for a minor crime that could be very violent or even violent towards another inmate, you know, and uh, that you know, we can't have those two people housed together in the same dorm, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And that, that happens a lot. Sometimes yeah. people are in for minor things, but... Uh, when they're incarcerated, we have a lot of problems with them. But. And, and people don't think, and we'll get into the bio, iris scan here in a minute, but uh, I, I find that classification pretty fascinating that you are re accepting people in the Monroe County Jail 
that are eventually, some may just end up in Attica in, 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 in that level of prison, right? So we don't know what we're getting in that jail at any moment. You know, the Arthur Sharcrosses of the world live with us for months. That's exactly right. Yeah. Everybody comes to jail first. So no right. matter what you did, what crime you committed, you go to, you go to county jail first. Before you got people you... in there with multiple murder charges on them, and, and, and you got people that, uh, you know, unfortunately made some bad mistakes and, and are living in poverty and made, you know, made, made some silly mistakes and got them in jail. But uh, they're housed with murder suspects. And right, uh, so true. your job as classification is to make sure all those people are as safe and secure as possible. Try and keep everybody safe, inmates and staff. Well, that completes that program. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, today we're, we're very excited to talk about our biometric technology and, and one of the deputies that's been instrumental in, in bringing this upon is, is our other guest, uh, Deputy Rich Miller, also known as Sergeant First Class Miller, <laughs> retired, uh, United States Army, right? Yes, sir. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into the technology we're here to share today. Um, great uh, great to be here. Uh, my name is uh, Deputy Rich Miller. I've been here uh, starting my 19th year. Um, I'm currently working in the Veterans Unit. Um, <clears throat> where we have, uh, you know, veterans, and we've talked about that before, mm-hmm. veterans um, that, you know, were in the vets on the outside that have come to jail for whatever reason, and we try to keep them all housed together, and, you know, it gives us a few different uh, applications we can help them with there, and uh, before that, I uh, actually took over for the sergeant when uh, he was the comp stat deputy, and he got promoted to corporal at the time, and I took over for that, so it's kind of how I got involved in all of this. Gotcha. Gotcha. So... You know, either, either one of you. So people come into the Monroe County Jail, we talked a little bit about, you know, we don't know who they are when they're coming in. They just show up at the front door, right? And we have to book them and process them and, and say, keep them safe and secure. And, and once in a while, we'll get someone that might give us a false identification. Uh, all right, maybe more than once in a while. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've had in the backseat of my police car, and, you know, and, uh, and, and we can't identify them. But, you know, we've, we've always known, uh, first of all, in, in a jail the size of ours, deputies usually know the people most often walking through the door. I have an experience with them in the past, unfortunately, uh, one way or another. And then, of course, fingerprints uh, is a way we identify people, not only in our questionnaires, but then fingerprints. But fingerprints could take a, a while to come back, right? Yeah, they do. You know, send them so, to Albany, and then you wait for a response. So we literally could have someone coming into jail, lie about their name, their date of birth, have good intel on, on someone they're lying about, and, and that person has a real record or real real data, so we assume it's them. We take their booking photo and, and house them, and they may even be out of jail before we get that fingerprint back and, and finding out we just booked the wrong person. I mean, that, that's plausible. It happens, correct? It does happen, yeah. yes. So uh, we want to do all we can to prevent that. So, you know, this... this uh, this technology, the, the biometric intelligence and identification procedure, the iris scan as we call it, uh, was another tool that we, we went out and researched, and, and Deputy Miller maybe could share a bit about that. You know, we're always looking at new innovative ideas, but I like what you said earlier, you know, it, it's good technology, but let's go look at people that are using it, field test it, and actually get the real world, not the salesman, but get the real people the deputy's using it. Tell right. us about how this unfolded. Um, but it was really kind of interesting. Like I said, we had the salesman, and of course, you know, you never believe the sales guy. But um, they really wanted to push it, and so they said, hey, why, why don't you guys have you guys come down to uh, Boston where they're using it. Uh, they have four or five facilities where they're using it, and come mm-hmm. talk to the deputies and the staff down there and see how they like it, right. which I thought was fantastic. You know, you're, not, you're really going to find out from the, the people that are using it, not the sales guy. Right. So we did. We went down to Boston, um, got to see some really crazy, uh, some different facilities, which was kind of cool for me. Right. I've only ever been in this one, so you know, to see how different people run it above and beyond the Irish was fun for you know, myself. But uh, we did. We had a chance to talk to the deputies and the staff down there and um, see how they used the iris and how they liked it and overall when you're talking deputy to deputy they gave me the straight answers and and they liked it so you know that kind of gave us the good feeling coming back to tell my supervisors hey these guys are using this down there they're they like it they're not really having any issues with it. real world stuff yeah they they really enjoyed the way it worked 
So, Sergeant, in, in layman's terms, if you will, if we're going to talk about the iris biometric technology scanning device that we have now, in addition to fingerprinting, uh, to positively identify people when they're in our custody, how would you describe the technology? So, what's occurring here? What you know, um, in the booking process, and then the technology. How's it? How's it actually work? Yeah, so it works. Uh, we use a, a camera. There's two different types of cameras that we can use, and one is looks kind of just like a a regular camera and there's also a binocular camera that you can put up right to the eyes and what it what the iris what it does is it takes a picture of either one or both of your irises and and it looks for patterns within those irises to identify the person so everybody has a different pattern in their iris that stays consistent throughout their lives so mm -hmm. um once we capture that uh it, it identifies those patterns and it um, produces uh, identification of the person. And that's uploaded instantaneously into a database that uh, that is allowing us to search as opposed to waiting for weeks, sometimes for a fingerprint to come back. We're yeah. searching this new database in, in minutes. So the company that we uh, purchased Iris from is BI2 Technologies. They're based out of Plymouth, Mass. And they have 96 customers throughout the country, um, different police agencies that they use. Uh, they maintain one national database where they have uh, approximately 3 million different individuals in that database. So anytime someone's arrested in our county or any of those other 95 counties, um, the IRIS processes through that database to see um, if we know who the person is. And if we don't, we create an identity on them. But if they do, if they do pop up in the, in the um, database, it'll throw a picture up of them at whatever facility they were booked in. And then you got our booking photo sitting right there in a, the side-by-side -side comparison. And you great, can compare them. Yeah, sometimes that's a great uh, great thing just to slide across the table at the person you're booking and saying, <laughs> explain this. <laughs> explain yep. this. And yeah. that's it. That's exactly happened before. We've booked people in and we thought they were one person. We run them through the IRIS database and it comes back as a different identity. Yeah, and they're lying for a reason, right? I mean, they're getting booked. They're already in custody. They're not going anywhere. they got to go through the, the process. Uh, but, you know, either they're hiding from other warrants, hiding from other charges, or, or don't want this current charge that's, that's coming on them, right? Uh, and, and they're going to try and make it through the system as, as obviously most often someone they know because they're stealing their identification. You know, it, they just don't make this up in the fly. Usually they, they, they steal someone they know. Uh, that's true. So, Deputy, what the... Have we seen this in use as far as identifying people and in, in, that they were lying, if you will, uh, false identification in the booking process? So, you know, maybe just share a little bit of, you know, why would people be doing that? Or not why would they be doing it, but, you know, what 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 other charges have we found or what are the reasons that we found people to, to be uh, given a false identification upon booking? Um, like, like you were saying earlier, we found all different reasons. A lot of times they'll come in with... Um, you know, they'll have multiple aliases. We've even got, you know, the aliases that show up in their booking, and they'll be using one of those. Right. Um, we've seen that. I've seen where they use a brother's name, or uh, I've seen that where they use another family member's right. name or something like that, which I think is awful. <laughs> I'm just yeah, saying. Your, your poor brother wakes up and we're poor brother now. Down, right. <laughs> Get a letter from court, show up to court. Right. Like, what? I, I, I've seen that. Um, and uh, I think I've, we've only ever seen one false identification, and we knew with this going in is that um, color contacts, okay, um, not regular contacts, but specifically colored contacts, will throw it off. Right. So that's something we have to pay attention to to try to, you know, usually you can see a colored contact, right. but as far as um, BI2 or iris is concerned, it's really the only 
thing that's ever happened in the history that we've had it so far that's really thrown it off. Interesting, yeah. As a colored contact. As, is that a lesson you learned on the fly, or is that No, they that actually told us coming they in. They were, okay. Yeah, they were pretty straight up about right. it and told us, you know, hey, to look out for these colored contacts, um, that that's the only thing that they know of, and so far it has been the only, as far as I know, Sergeant. Yeah, yeah, they told us that it was a possibility that there are cosmetic lenses, but they never had a facility that had that happen until we had it here. Really? Yeah. Yep, so we identified that for them. The and we got really lucky Actually, because what it threw back was a female. It was a male being booked in, and it was a female that came back. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> we were, yeah, yeah, we booked him in, and he came back as a female. Right. We're like, wait, hold on. And it was and the it was, contact lens. Right. Yep, it was oh. the contact lenses. I'm glad we paid attention so, in class. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm just an absolute huge fan of technology, especially inside your jail, right? The, the, anything we do to keep you guys safe and secure, keep the inmates safe and secure, you know, we, we put a lot of time and money and energy into uh, body scans, checking for weapons and checking for drugs and paraphernalia. It's always trying to come in that jail. Uh, this is another great use of technology. Um, you know, I was, I was doing a podcast the other day, just pushing the envelope on uh, technologies for, uh, you know, heart rate monitors and things like that. Why, why every inmate doesn't have a GPS and a heart rate monitor on them and we can see, you know, a heart rate spike. Uh, giving us a clue that maybe something's gone wrong and this guy's you know starting to spike his blood pressure maybe he's going to attack someone or uh, god forbid the the blood pressure going down because it's a suicide attempt or something like that so i'm always and, and you guys have been uh, very innovative uh you know just going to accept this iris scan going to you know change is difficult especially inside that jail yeah <laughs> you know it's just yeah, it wasn't, to wasn't completely totally welcomed right when we yeah. started it of course like with anything with the change you know we had like oh my god what's next but yeah i think they've really warmed up to it to like the set it's kind of does a lot of cya right yeah you know? and that's always a good thing you know there the hundreds of moving parts in a given day inside that jail with people coming in people coming out people being released to parole people going upstate uh people getting bailed out you know it, it's we we use it for hospital details yeah. just so that you know you're taking the proper guy out to the hospital that's you know? awesome I didn't a, know. a transport deputy will go up to a floor ask for so-and-so he might not know who that guy is right um they take him down the iris scan just to make sure that they got the right guy i going didn't to realize the hospital. that that's that's pretty cool yeah, yeah, and and again, going to the hospitals and putting GPSs on everybody that goes to the hospital. You know, again, the technology complement other technology, just making your job easier. At the end of the day, a deputy still has to do their job, right? Right. And sure. It'll never replace it. Just trying to make your life a little easier and a little simpler, uh, and and definitely safer. So we we do an iris scan, Sarge. How long? Uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, the timing of a fingerprint versus this is obviously faster. But what what what's the turnaround time on a on a scan coming back through that database? Um, when it when they originally started a couple of years ago, when we started using them, it was it took about what thirty to forty seconds. It was a little to get longer. A scan yeah. back, but they've um, they've worked on their uh, functionality and and we're getting scans back in about eight to ten seconds now. Wow! So it's pretty pretty fast to scan that big of a database. That that's um, fantastic. My dream is, uh, and I think we talked about this about a year and a half ago when we were looking at the technology and improving our buying more cameras, but how do we get this out into the field? You know, how do we get this to the, the, the road patrol deputies uh, that may be issuing an appearance ticket or something like that? Could we uh, actually do a scanning uh, and, and run it through the database there? Is the technology available now? Is It, it, it is, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're, we were working on it pretty heavy, and then COVID kind of hit, and it slowed it down because, unfortunately, the... Uh, the camera that we would use in the cars is what they call a binocular camera. Okay. So, and um, the plastic, just like you would put a binocular to your eyes, would actually just touch the outside of your skin. Okay. So we kind of drew back on that because nothing's touching it right, right. these days. So we pulled back on that for a minute, and it's kind of where it's at. But, yeah, there is um, these binocular cameras that work kind of the same as the ones doing booking. And uh, they do the exact same thing, and they're, per- they're portable, and uh, they, I think they would work fantastic. 
they could hook it up to a laptop or their MDT in the car. We actually brought it to their attention in one of the meetings that we had with them that it was something that they should research. They, when you say they, you're, you're talking about the company or you're talking about the road patrol? We're talking about the company. Yeah, right. I, I agree 100%. The functionality. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're missing a huge market there if they don't do that. I mean, that, that's going to be a tool that, you know, we almost be forced to buy. You know, we can't roll fingerprints in the middle of the road uh, for an appearance ticket, but this technology may just help us identify uh, who we're about ready to give an appearance ticket right. to and, and make sure we're not charging the, the poor relative that's getting <laughs> identified in a crime they didn't commit, uh, which happens quite often. So, Sarge, where's this going next, the, the, the technology side of uh, identification? Where, what's well, what's I mean, the future hold for us? In, in so right now we're using it anytime we book somebody in, whether it's a county inmate or an unarranged inmate that we hold for our PD. Or sometimes we're doing, like, the appearance tickets you're talking about. We do, like, print and goes here. They come and right. issue them appearance tickets, so we're taking their irises. We also use it, like Deputy Miller was talking about, as verification scans. So anytime you go to a hospital, but not only the hospital, anytime you go to court, anytime you come back from yeah. court, and just for those things that he said, just to verify that we do have the right person. So it does help us out. It's been... Uh, it's been pretty good to us. How unusual is it to get identical twins? I'm probably not at the same time in your, your facility, but uh, I mean, there's many identical twins that have been booked into our facility that could easily, you know, throw a snowball at a, at a deputy well, that might even think they know the, per the person. Their, their irises are different, right. though. But, right. but we've, we've had identical twins before, um, and we've had them where they've used each other's names, things like that, and that makes it extremely difficult that's where this they could even end up with the same dna or identical twin hmm. so right i guess the way the way it was explained to me is the way their iris works is is by how you grow the, the food you eat by you know it's it's you so need. you're identical twins not living the exact same life you live so you know you're not going to have the same iris so it's whatever who you are as a person that is that why it's going to be different on identical twins or that's how it was explained to me yeah yeah <laughs> but you know they, we did they showed us tests when we went out there and they uh they came up different they came up as each individual really it's amazing yeah, yeah. it was pretty it was like i said it was it was really interesting so what are some of the other larger departments that uh, are using this to, across the country do you yeah, so um, right now we're uh, BI2's second biggest okay. customer, but they also have um, Marion County in Indiana, okay. Indianapolis, and they're about, they're their largest customer. So um, we're the second biggest. Their Our bed capacity here is about six, 1661, mm -hmm. and out there they have a bed capacity of about 2,100. Okay. So the, we've done... 40,000 scans oh, wow. since 2018, right. and I believe they doubled that. Okay. They've done 80,000 scans since 2018. Gotcha. Yeah, and it's all about that database. You know, Obviously, good data in, but also the larger the database, the larger uh, success rate we're going to have of using it. They, the IRS BI2 has been pretty good about if we want to run like different reports now like if they want if we want certain information or certain data like we were saying um, we can pretty much contact them and say hey this is what we're looking for you guys and they'll just they put it in an email and they just send it to us every day until we tell them to stop or until we tell them we want to change or so they've really been pretty good about what, that kind of stuff what would be an too. example of a type of report you'd look for them to run under the database oh let's see I have a couple here so they'll <laughs> send us I knew you are going to get quizzed yeah. <laughs> They'll send us the inmates that we booked, um, how many that were new intakes that we identified, 
it'll give us uh, our recidivism rate. Okay. Yeah. Um, things like that. Yeah. That's, that's a great data, you know, that I use all the time. You know, how many people are being rebooked and why are they being rebooked? And, and again, part of my job outside of your, your, your job description is how do we intervene in those lives? You know, how do we get them off that path to keep them coming back to jail? Right. Uh, and, you know, so that's that's very important data for myself to look at these folks. Why has this guy been booked three times this year? And what can we do to get him out of the systems that are creating, you know, his criminality? If at anything, you know, some people just want to be criminals. Uh, but there's other people that might have some underlying issues like addiction that maybe we can, uh, you know, intercede in the middle of that. Sure. Deputy Miller's still looking at his report. Yeah, I'm just looking at You guys are data driven. I love you too. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah, it's he's looking at he got it's he got entrenched in the numbers over there. Yeah, I, I always do. <laughs> he I, disappeared. I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm quiet. <laughs> I got quiet. So, uh, Sergeant First Class, what'd you do in the Army, anyways? Um, you share a little bit about that. I was uh, an instructor for uh, um, 98th Division. Uh, BRM with 98th Division. Yeah, we taught. Uh, my favorite claim to fame, I guess, is I taught West Point. Um, top BRM to West Point, and I truly enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear a lot about it, but when you actually go down and meet these kids, you you you, you, you realize you're meeting the future leaders of America, and they're pretty amazing kids. Yeah, absolutely. Basic rifle marksmanship you're talking about. BRM, yes, sir. Right? Yes, yeah. sir. So, uh, you know, some of these folks that come into the military never even touched a weapon in their life, which is always your dream. I know it was as being an instructor. They don't have bad habits. They you don't teach have them. bad habits. Right. You start at ground right. zero and teach them. But uh, yeah, like I said, that was pretty. That was pretty amazing. And then uh, it's kind of uh, both of my daughters followed my footsteps too. They both went in. Uh, they went in Air Force. I wouldn't let them go Army, but hey. both but both my youngins <laughs> went in Air Force. What's so. up with that? Hey, you know, in uh, 22 years in the Army myself, I always coach my kids, Air Force is a beautiful place. Yes, <laughs> Air Force is beautiful. <laughs> no one else has carpet in their dorm, you know, dorms. I call them dorms. When, you know, they don't have barracks. They got dorms. I'm like, what when they, they were going through, When they were going through basic, they called it, uh, there were different barracks, and, like, one of the barracks' names was Disneyland. And I'm like, I'm like, wow. <laughs> That's good. So you're old enough. You teach Schwarzkopf when you went through? Uh, no, Bush not that. No, okay, just easy checking uh, a little easy on their age. <laughs> <laughs> I did serve under them, but. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Sarge, what is our dream with this, uh, going back to the technology, what is our dream, and not just iris scanning, but, you know, in fingerprinting and, and, and mug shots, all these things have evolved over years. You know, if you think about our history, we're, we're celebrating our 200th anniversary uh, of the sheriff's office. We just went back and looked at some, you know, one was our first patrol car bought, one was our first motorcycle, one was the first mug shot ever taken. So in, in your wealth and knowledge uh, of jailing, if you will, uh, what's next, what's on the horizon for, or what should we be looking at for technologies? You know, it, whether it's body scans, iris scans for identification, I use the heart rate monitor all the time and GPS. What's your dream? I know you're always forward thinking. Yeah, um, I'd like to see a lot of it combined together and make it a more, lot more accessible to everybody. Because oh, right now it's kind of just, you know, like we have this iris system, but we're only limited to, you know, just this one database. This right. needs to be a national database that anybody in the country can get into. And the same with everything else, you know. Right now, since they own the technology, right. you know, they've kind of got us. We're, we're not searching everything that we can. Gotcha. I'd like to see everybody using this. So actually, Every agency. Uh, yeah, actually, you know, DCJS, but even beyond New York State, you know, the NCIC machines, yeah, right, that uh, absolutely. Right. can run national databases and, and things like that. Uh, that's interesting. And I, I like what you said earlier, you know, and I don't know if you're going this way, but just what I heard, you know, all these systems that we have in the Monroe County Jail, 
you know, and, and there's there's no one really integrating and synergizing all these efforts together. You know, for instance, the Inkle Monitor Program, someone's responsible for it and does a really good job and builds it and corrects it and, you know, finds better products all the time. And the same thing with the Irish Scan. Let's go out and find experts that, uh, but, uh, you know, taking this as a comprehensive plan and putting them together would be very interesting, you know. It uh, would be. Yeah. I mean, that's what we really need. Yeah, interesting. And going back to you, uh, Deputy Miller, anything you're on your horizon, your dream, and you, you sit back and you look at the way we jail uh, in, in technology. What's out there in the forefront? What's 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 coming down the pipe? What's what's someone doing best practice somewhere else that we're not doing in technology? I, I think we're right on top of it. Yeah. As far as, as technology, I mean, I've been involved in it for a while. I mean, just from our camera systems to the iris system to, like you said, the ankle monitor to our new body scanners, I think Monroe County's right on top yeah. of it. I mean, I don't know. And, and from a person that's trying to get, you know, I'll, I will try to find anything that's yeah. out there and give yeah. it to you just because I want to be part of it. Don't stop, please. <laughs> yeah, drive that train. And, uh, and like I said, we're, we're right definitely on top of it i think the next step would be would be fantastic to get these in the cars yeah if we could get these binoculars in the car you'd have an instant within 20 seconds is the max i think to have an identification on somebody would be That's, amazing to know one. what they were booked in for if they were if they were ever booked in or if they've right. ever been yeah. to get these in the cars would be amazing yeah, definitely a great tool for a rogue patrol officer or deputy just to have that that information at hand. Uh, you know, with criminal justice reform, we're, we're issuing way more appearance tickets than we used to, so they don't come to booking. Uh, you know, so just make sure we have the right person, right. you know, getting that appearance ticket. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's the right thing to do if someone's going to be accused of a crime. But also, most often, like I said earlier, that, that false identification. I, I can't remember one person in the backseat of my police car that gave me a false name that didn't give me a false name of a real person, right? <laughs> you know, it wasn't just, it was criminal impersonation because they were right. also impersonating another sure. person that's causing total chaos in that other person's life uh, in a few days. Whether they go back and tell them the truth or not, they still have to show up, you know, for those charges or, you know, get a lawyer and explain why they have a, a pettit larceny charge over their head, <laughs> uh, which is just not fair. So there's many reasons why this, this technology is awesome. And uh, we'll keep on pushing. I, I challenge you guys. Please keep on pushing technology in a, in a synergy, the integration of it, Sarge. I think is a great, great thought of you know, who's over, who's overseeing all the technologies that we have, and how do we combine them together as, as one mass opportunity for intelligence. Anything? Uh, we're, we're, believe it or not, we're coming up in a half hour already, so I, I don't want to leave uh, just me asking questions. Anything you want to share? The public's listening. Uh, other deputies listen. Uh, uh, probably your salesman now is going to be listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's going to listen. Yeah. If you knew our salesman, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our salesman he's probably going to be listening. He's great. <laughs> so uh, anything you want to share on, the, on this iris scan technology and, you know, just biometric technology sounds sounds pretty neat, but you guys make it sound simple that uh, you know, we're just trying to identify the right person when they're in our custody for their safety and everybody else's safety and, and security. They actually did name something after Deputy Miller. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Why don't you tell us about Deputy that? Deputy Miller's got something named after <clears throat> Well, um, the binocular camera like we were talking about. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing already. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> See? So the, the other camera that's currently down there that doesn't take any touch of any of any type, Right. you stand, you know, what is it, like two to three feet back, and it has a servo in it, and the servo moves up and down and takes a picture of your eyes. Well, as you can imagine, sometimes it's difficult to get, you know, somebody that might be intoxicated or um, for whatever reason to stand still. And you have to stand generally still to make this work. Right. So they, they came up with the binocular cameras. And um, the binocular cameras, the staff loved because all they do is they hold them up to their eyes like a binocular. And it's an instant click. It's done. It's over with. It doesn't matter how much they're moving no unless moving they close parts, their right. eyes. Um, it worked fantastic. So we wanted to get these into booking, but they're just something that would lay on the table. Well, I know staff. I know me. <laughs> they walk. Did, or they... <laughs> they, well, they're hooked up so they can't walk, but okay. they could get broken. Okay. So uh, I was like, we can't put these in here. They're pretty expensive per camera. And I'm like, I just know 
how everything works here and it got broken so they, they said well come up with a way to do it so we came up with a mount it's actually very similar to the mic mount that like we have right here right and we mounted the binocular camera to those they they sent me to the um their people that make the mounts for their other camera i sat down with them and we pretty much sketched it all up wrote it all up and uh the mount came back and it worked fantastic really? and then uh bi2 named it the miller mount no way really <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the miller mount and I know you can't accept gifts as a deputy, but what's your cut? Uh, yeah, I know that's what I said. I said that's it, it, just the name. <laughs> just the name. Just the name. I'm good with it. But, uh, I told them in you know, a few years when I retire from here, I might come to them for a job. So. Yeah, exactly. I think you just created some employment for yourself on retirement. The Miller Mount. Right. Yeah, it looks like sounds. They'll also be using that MMA fighting pretty soon. The sure. Miller Mount, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thanks for being innovative again and uh, pushing the envelope. That's a great story. It really is. You know, solutions to problems. There's a working on another one too, though. Yeah. There's another one in in the uh, in the mix. It's called the uh, Miller Monocular. Miller Monocular. So we're we're talking about um, using this for medical. It's really early on, but right. um, the problem is is that the uh, the one that takes from too far away is won't work through the bars. And the binocular is too big to work through the bars. Right. Well, as with this technology, it truly only needs one eye. Oh, wow. So yeah. um, John, our salesman, came in, and we sat down and talked about it. And we said, you know, is, is it po- I came to him and said, is it possible to make, you know, we've got a binocular, why not a telescope version mm-hmm. for one eye? It would be small enough to fit through the bars. And so they're currently working on that. I'm going to lose him real soon, aren't I? They're currently working on that, something that would be small How many years you got? Good service years? I I got, ready ready for this? Less than four. Less than four to go. This will be old technology by then. (laughs) Sorry to ruin your day. (laughs) Technology changes so fast. It does. It does. It's changed so fast just since I've been up here. Think of all the crazy stuff we have. Well, thanks. And again, uh, thanks for being innovative. Thanks for sharing today about the little behind the badge. Uh, we're not done yet. we got uh, 60 seconds left to do the No Miranda Zone, where I ask you a bunch of questions. You don't have a right to remain silent. This is No Miranda. You don't have a right to remain silent, so you got to answer the questions. So we're just going to banter back and forth so people can get to lo- know you a little bit better. So, Sarge, uh, who's your all-time favorite athlete? Wayne Gretzky. Really? Hockey? Oh. You're a hockey fan? Yeah, big hockey yeah, fan. And he was a great person. It is a great person, right? W. Miller, all time. It's got to be Doug Flutie. Oh, really? Sure. From uh, Buffalo from or Buffalo. from? Back when he played with Buffalo, yeah. I never watched a, a guy scramble so hard. I, you know, he just I loved watching him play. Loved yeah, he definitely kept play. it. Uh, and I got my Flutie flakes at home still See? in the box. Yeah, you know? I love yeah, Doug. I love to watch him play. That's good. Uh, what do you think about the current quarterback? He's he's pretty exciting. Right? I've kind of fallen off the football wagon a little bit. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, it's understandable. The, but the whole political thing made me fall off a little bit. So with that, you know, yeah, and. Um, you know, just watch him though. Jim Kelly. That's what I see. Oh, yeah. He's running and gunning. And I'm not gonna lie. Stop running. Gonna stop running. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Flutie was the same way. They just made it fun. You know, they did. They made always it fun. Innovating a plan. Uh, Sarge, you're old enough. Actually, so is the deputy. Favorite. He's older than me. Really? Oh, easy, easy. Yeah. I, I, I want to go that way, but uh, one outranks the other, so you can figure it out after this podcast. <laughs> you can figure it out. But Sarge, uh, favorite '70s sitcom. '70s sitcom. Oh, wow. 76. 76. Man, um, we'll go back to MASH. I like, yeah. What about, I like Sanford and Son. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah. Was, 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 was Three's Company 70s? Three's Company? Amy Young behind the mixer says Three's Company. Suzanne Summers, right? Nice, very nice. And maybe just the last book you read, Deputy Miller. It's probably a technical manual. Actually, it was. The last book I read was, I think it was... Maybe No Easy Day. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it was the last one I read. Good. 
good leadership. Yeah, it was. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a sucker for military books. That's awesome. Thanks, Sarge. Last book. I read a book. It was called Bo Knows Bo. It was about Bo Jackson and his, uh, his NFL career. Oh yeah, and, uh, and baseball. His baseball career. It was really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, Bo knows Bo, and uh, we'll leave it at that, guys. That's our <laughs> that's our last uh, question for the day. Fantastic joining us, people. I so appreciate you listening to Behind the Badge, podcast number 33, believe it or not, talking about our technologies inside the jail and two great uh, employees that really make these things happen. Sarge, Deputy, thanks for joining us. And to everybody else, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of MCSO Behind the Badge. In between episodes, please be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Monroe Sheriff NY. Until next week, be safe.